Hello and welcome to the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish and I will be your host. This is the weekly podcast that helps women pause in their busy lives, drop into the heart, and remember their next right step. I am so happy that you're here. Hi there, Evine here. Um, I'm so grateful that you are listening. Um, this is the last episode of season two of the Wholehearted Healer podcast. I'm going to take a break over the summer. And actually, during the summer, what I do is I um, try to record a number of really brilliant people, um, get some episodes ready to go for the fall. Um, but it's been such a joy, uh, not only in talking to so many amazing humans doing wonderful things in the world this season, but also just getting feedback and hearing how their stories and how this podcast has affected your life. And so I would ask that if you have really connected with any of the podcasts or the guests or um, had any aha moments of your own that you reach out to me at avinbanish at gmail.com, send me an email and let me know. Um, Today, you're in for a treat. I have a conversation um, coming with Dominice Clifton. Dominice is uh, many things, and you'll hear um, all about her work um, in the podcast. But uh, she's just another example, sort of the cherry on top of the cake uh, for this season with people who are living wholeheartedly, people who um, have their own stories, have their own struggles, but are finding a way to live from an open heart and um, that usually, if not always, involves um, being of service and um, seeing who they can lift up um, in their own world. So um, if you're listening, um, I suspect that that is also you. So thank you for the work that you do in the world and um, have a wonderful day. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Dominice Clifton. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Wholehearted Healer. I'm your host, Dr. Avian Banish, and I'm so happy that you're joining me. Today, you're in for a treat. I'm really excited to be having a conversation with Dominice Clifton. Um, Dominice is a Baltimore-based certified yoga instructor and breathwork and meditation facilitator who is on a mission to enhance overall emotional education and well-being through body-centered approaches to healing. She is the awesome founder of Move and Still, a mission-driven company dedicated to employee wellness, as well as Nourish Wellness Collective, a hybrid wellness community for women entrepreneurs and working professionals. Um, she has an exciting book, her first book on this exact subject that's coming out, it sounds like, this summer, and it's titled Hold Space to Heal, Seven Somatic Approaches to Help You Release, Reconnect, and Remember Your Power. What an awesome title. So, Dominice, welcome. Thanks so much for taking the time. Hi, Dr. Avine. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> yeah, you and I sound like we have a lot in common. I'm excited to, to talk to you and get to know you more. Mm -hmm. And I love um, when I'm talking to someone who really um, sounds like they have arrived somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm always really curious as to the story, um, your origin story that sort of got you 
to this place because you know you're using words like mission driven you're really on fire about this i can mm-hmm. already tell about helping improving the lives of of women um and so can you tell us a little bit about your story yeah thank you for that thank you for seeing that um gosh okay cliff notes version so <laughs> i i got into the wellness industry after um really working through a lot of my own unaddressed trauma that originated in my childhood and really followed me well into my adulthood um so i was born to a teen mom and i have never met my biological father and when i say never met not so much as like seen a picture i don't know anything about that side of my family And so, you know, growing up as a child, there was this void that I couldn't really voice or name. I just knew something was missing, something was off. And because of my conception story, it wasn't really something that my mom and I talked about really ever. So it was this really big elephant in the room that we all just kind of navigated around. And I didn't really know what to do with that. And so I started overeating as a child. By eight years old, I was really overweight. And so then I felt, in addition to, you know, my conception story, I felt a lot of shame and guilt about being overweight. Mm -hmm. And so I pretty much just like learned at a very young age to hide. Like I wanted to, I dimmed my light, you know, I wanted to like physically not be seen because of how I felt and, you know, how I looked. And so that was much of my existence. I started dieting in middle school, struggled with overeating and, you know, really having a low chronic depression that was like undiagnosed for many years. And I was just like numb, going through life life numb. And the thing that I want to point out is that I did really well in school and I accomplished things. And so like how much I was struggling went unaddressed and unnoticed to my family members, but also to me. And so You know, I think I got to a space after having my second daughter where I was just really tired of like not feeling good with myself, like masking up every day to go out into the world, you know, having to to put on this character to show up and coming home and just feeling so insecure and having so much shame and guilt. Like I got tired of that, like dissonance. Mm -hmm. And so I started really I committed, I would say, because I had already started, but I committed to going deeper with my own healing process. And so somatic work was a huge part of that. Mindfulness was a huge part of that. Talk therapy was a huge part of that. Like there were a lot of different things that helped me with that process. But it was like once I, you know, started releasing a lot of the things that I was holding on to, like physically, I lost weight. But mentally and emotionally, spiritually, I just felt better. And I feel like I awakened. And once I awakened and kind of came off of autopilot and being from this existing from this numb state, I really wanted everyone to feel that same feeling. Like I I did feel like I was on fire, like I was alive for the first time in so many years. And so I pivoted into the wellness industry because my, my professional work was in fundraising and grant writing and event planning. And so wellness was never really a space that I saw myself in. And especially with my background and my struggles, it was never the like career path or business path I would have chose for myself. But I'm really here out of obedience to God, to source, Um, And really here out of a place of really wanting other people that can relate to any parts of my stories, or even if they can't relate to my story, they have a completely different story. I want to be a source of healing and, you know, knowledge sharing for someone else to also like, you know, come out of their tough place if they're dealing with trauma and feeling like there's just really no way out of it. And so that's much of my journey today. I started out as a coach. I pivoted to start moving still because as a coach, I started uh, doing research to support my clients who were always really stressed out and overwhelmed and dealing with a lot of anxiety. They wanted to lose weight, but it was like, hey, we got to like put the fire out here, you know, address this stress Mm -hmm. before we can talk about like a nutrition plan. 
And so it was like the more research that I did about stress and trauma, I had this big aha moment, which I'm sure you can relate to, of realizing that so many of the things that we see in our society, whether it's illness, you know, mental health, dis-ease, crime and violence, like at the root of so many things is unresolved stress and trauma. And so I wanted to like shout from the rooftops that like we have a problem and like we we need to do better about addressing those things. And so that's why I started moving still. And that's why I'm so passionate about the work that I do today. Wow, Devonice, you're a really powerful speaker. Your story <laughs> is really um it's really beautiful. And and I um one of the things I'm fascinated by in my own life and as I've talked to more and more people on this podcast is this idea that of blind spots. So my area of um specialty as a physician is ophthalmology and and the eyes. And so I'm since I got into that work 20 years ago, um, this idea of blind spots. So we don't know what we don't know. And so I love that you pointed out that you had this um major trauma and you dealt with it in a way that at the time was your your body and you were just doing the best you could, right? And it sounded like despite that, you met and got married, you fell in love, you had children, you were, you know, you were you, it's almost like we aren't even aware Mm -hmm. how these programs, these traumas are affecting our lives until we sort of have that aha moment. And so um, I love the work you're doing because I think, um, I just think it's so important and we don't know what we don't know. Like we mm-hmm. can, someone may hear your story and not even recognize yet that their numbing and coping patterns mm-hmm. are due to something that's just, they haven't looked at yet. And it's nobody's like everything rises at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I checked all the boxes. I mean, I graduated valedictorian from high school. I graduated, you know, top of my class in college, like, even when I started sharing my story, there were family members and like, you know, older relatives who had no idea of how much I had been holding. And mm-hmm. so, yes, I agree with you that. And I didn't know, honestly, it's like once you start peeling back the layers of the onion, you're like, oh, there's a lot here, you know. Um, but no one really knew I was I was really good at masking. Um, and I think a lot of times, especially with high achieving folks, like when you don't fit the textbook idea of what it looks like to have trauma or to be struggling. Like it's easy to kind of go under the radar and you can feel a certain way inside, but not again, I masked up really well. Um, But you know, you know how you feel, you know, that you don't feel good. You know, that there's something missing, or maybe you're not feeling fulfilled. You're struggling uh, internally or have insecurities. So there are things that we typically know, but a lot of times we ignore them. Yeah. And I love too, that you kind of highlighted that um, it wasn't just one thing. It's not like an immediate, you know, when you're dealing with complex issues that are layered and you, you know, there's all kinds of things that go into your story and all of our stories that it's not like one thing worked. And so you Mm -hmm. didn't stop with one thing, but I also love that you really recognized that the body and the somatic work was a really big part of it. Can you just Mm -hmm. talk to that a little bit? Yeah. So I stress, I love that we're having this conversation because one of the things that I stress so much in my work is that talk therapy alone is not enough. It's definitely a both and situation. And I think a lot of times in our society, when someone is struggling, we direct them to a therapist, which is great. Like I have a therapist right now, 
And, you know, there's other things that have to happen. Like we do have to work on releasing the trauma from the body because the body holds that, not the mind. Um, So we can process through and have conversations, but like we can still be holding on to things. And I've had conversations with people who have been in therapy for years and not really seen much progress. And it's like, I will ask them, what have you done for your body? And they're like, oh, I haven't done anything. And then, you know, there's a process of educating and explaining. But for me, I will say that my journey sort of started out as physical fitness for a weight loss related purpose. And then COVID happened and I was feeling really stressed and overwhelmed as a coach. And so I turned to yoga. I went back to yoga because I started yoga like a decade ago, but I went back more so for like mental health purposes, something to really slow down my mind a bit and just like help ground me a bit. Um, And again, as a, as a coach, I was doing that for myself and feeling the benefits of it, but also figuring out how best to support my clients And physical movement is like one of the most efficient ways to release stress. And so once I understood that, I was like, hmm, connecting the dots a bit about the body and how we hold things. But again, like once I started doing research, so I love soaking up information. It's like once I go down the rabbit hole, I'm I'm fully committed. (laughs) And And so once I went down the rabbit hole of really like exploring stress and trauma and how we hold it and how it shows up. I just started to understand so much more about, you know, the left and right brain and techniques that we have to use to really tap into the healing process and the, the, you know, right brain modalities. And so much of my work now is focused on that, like really holding space for people to heal, really to release from their bodies. Um, and my book is really about that. It's, it talks about seven approaches, which have been helpful for me, um, which are really helpful for the process of releasing. But Lots of folks don't recognize the ways that their bodies are communicating to them that things are off. So whether it's pain, right, like physical illness or disease or, you know, constantly being sick and, you know, all of those sorts of things are ways that the body communicates. And so I think it becomes helpful to recognize the ways that our bodies are talking to us so that we can begin to release and kind of work through and heal and and release the trauma that we're holding or the stress that we're holding. Yeah, I just I think that's such an important piece. And I love too that you made the jump because I think a lot of people, um, my, my dad was, a, is a physician, retired physician and running for him was like his therapy. Mm-hmm. I think he knew that while he was a younger guy, but I'm not sure. But, um, so for a lot of people exercise is, they may not call it their therapy, but it's like a medicine for them. Mm-hmm. But, um, but beyond physical fitness, there's this piece of, moving the body to move energy and to move energy and to, um, soothe the body. And, and I, I just think that that's, I I really love that, um, part of your, of your message and your work. Um, I also love that you're so that you really see that community is a key Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people, everyone has a story might be different than yours, but we, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. I think it's like one of the, one of the commonalities of being human is that we somehow often think we're the only one, mm, mm. you know what I mean? And we isolate and we, there's shame and there's all kinds of things that we heap on ourselves that if we just talk to someone, <laughs> um, shared our burden, we feel so much better. Mm. And so can we talk a little bit about your views on community and circle and, and sharing and yeah. why it's why it's part of the the healing process. So first I want to say I feel so seen because I was like did she know me before you know like back <laughs> in the like that's literally how I felt 
that's a part of how trauma shows up is that we have this narrative in our head where it's like, you know, there's something wrong with me. Like, you know, no one else will understand this. And I held that story for so long. And so I just held on to so much shame and so much guilt and was so afraid to share my story, like even with my therapist, because I was so afraid of being judged. And so a part of a huge part of my healing process has been telling my story like years ago, speaking openly about, you know, my conception story and the shame that it brought me not knowing my dad was something that I wasn't able to do. But telling the story helps in recognizing like, oh, I'm not alone. Even if our stories are not the same, you can relate to, you know, maybe not you, but someone else can relate to feelings of shame or guilt or whatever that is. And so, yes, I think that just being in community is extremely important. For me, I will say that community has become more important for me over the years because so much of my healing journey was very isolated and I felt very alone. And, you know, when you go on a journey, it becomes very spiritual in a lot of ways. And it can feel like you're on your own little island and the rest of the world is kind of moving at a different pace. And you're kind of like, I'm just over here. Like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm meditating often and I'm going through like these things that I feel like no one else understands, which is not the truth. Like other people are going through things, um, but it can it can feel that way. And so for a long time, I didn't really have a community. Like I figured a lot of things out on my own. I, again, am someone who is always soaking up knowledge. And so that was exciting for me in a way, but I also wanted to have conversations and be in community with other people and talk about the things that I was experiencing. And so I had to be very intentional about seeking out spaces and building relationships with people who were also on a personal development journey or growth journey, spiritual journey, like really committed to their healing. And so, you know, four four years or so later, I don't feel alone the way that I used to. I don't feel alone the way that I used to in business also, but I've been very intentional again about seeking that out. But I think being on the other side of remembering what that felt like, I've really, in my work, like I really focus on holding space in groups and that's very intentional. One, because I enjoy it, but two, I also believe in the power of bringing a group together and like that collective energetic shift that can happen when there's a group together. So there's something about being with a group that's really special. And then outside of that, like outside of holding space for organizations and groups to heal, I created uh, the Nourish Wellness Collective as a space for women to come together and women who are much like myself, like very busy, very ambitious. Again, like checking all the boxes look really great on paper, but knowing that there's a little bit more that you want to do, like maybe you want to go deeper on your journey and you're not sure where to start. And so I wanted to create a safe space for women to come and really to allow themselves to be held. I will say that when I was going through my breathwork certification program, we had to go through practicum. And so that just looked like holding space for a lot of people to, you know, to be breathed. And whenever I would hold space for women, Avine, they would always say after like, oh God, it felt so good to be held. Like I heard that over and over those same words. And so I was like, I want to create a space because we're always giving and, you know, we nourish everyone else and we're nurturers by nature, but like who's holding us? Like who's holding space for us intentionally? And so I wanted to create a community that was intentional about the well-being aspect and the stress management aspect and the education aspect. And, you know, again, like moving the body. But I also wanted it to be a place where, again, like you don't feel alone and isolated in your journey. And there are other women that are going through very similar challenges and can uplift you and let you know, like, you are not alone in this thing. That's really beautiful. And, Thank you. And, you know, and, and that there's a perfect season for all of it, right? In the yeah. beginning, when we're just kind of 
waking up to um, like out of a slumber. Cause I, for me, everything is about remembering. I mm. think well, we have oh, these nice. answers, this wisdom. It's just, we've fallen asleep. Oh, and yes, um, in the beginning, it, you might need to do the work by yourself mm-hmm. until you even feel like, you know, like until you you're standing on solid enough ground to then find the community, right? Mm-hmm. So that there's no right or wrong way to do it. I also love that there are spaces and circles and um, collectives like yours that um, you can still be doing your own work and be held. Yeah. For people, you know, I think it's especially the ambitious, uh, multitasking, fabulous woman that um, for some for for some of them it takes time to feel. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like a an exhale or a letting go of like the bracing that we do in so much of our lives. And so um that you can be doing your own work and be in community at the same time. Yes. I love that so much. And I don't know if you saw, but when you said that remembering piece, I got so excited about that because that is so much of what I talk about is I, so one day I was meditating and I don't remember like what I was thinking at the time, mm-hmm. but three words came to me and like perfectly summed up my journey and has been so much of my teaching since then. So if I, if I had to go back and kind of describe what my healing path has been like, it's been releasing, reconnecting, and then remembering. And that is literally like the three sections of my book. The first couple of years, I talked a lot about having to release and like how I shed physically. And like, I released a lot of things energetically that I was holding, like, you know, things in my chakras, like all of that. So there was a lot of like releasing that needed to happen. And then once I released, I started like reconnecting with myself. I started like feeling more connected to my intuition. I felt like I built a much deeper relationship with source. And then I started the remembering process and I'm there now. And it feels very exciting because what I realized was there was like two versions of myself. There was the version of myself that I portrayed and, you know, showed up for in the world. And then when the curtain closed, there was the version of myself that I felt. And like, I did not feel good about that part, that, that woman, there was so many like doubts, you know, beliefs, limiting beliefs. There was so much insecurity. And so for me over the last probably year to 18 months, it's been this process of like seeing myself fully, like other people saw me really well. And, you know, I would, people would congratulate me on my accomplishments or like, you know, affirm the things that I was doing. And I would thank you. And then in my head, I would never be able to connect with that version. And so it feels good to be in that space of remembering and like feeling so good about who I am and being able to see my gifts and like share these things openly with the world. And so I just had to say like, I love that because that remembering piece is, it's not like new things. It's going back and like understanding my gifts, my skills, what I'm good at, recognizing those things, and then like sharing those things with the world. Love that. And I think the more whole we feel, um, the less separate, the less distinct. And I think so many people um, relate to what you're saying, Dominique, this idea of, you know, you're front facing, you're, you know, you're, you're facing one way to the world, but then how you feel mm-hmm. um, is often quite different. That when we begin to be able to unify that, mm-hmm. we, all of a sudden, we not only um, have access to a lot more energy, <laughs> um, cause it takes a lot of life force energy to maintain that facade mm-hmm. really. Yes. Um, but we also really like each of us, I believe come here with wisdom, mm-hmm. right. And, and it's, um, I'm looking at a picture in my office of Ram Das, who my favorite quote is that we're just, 
you know, we're walking each other home so that you have this period of remembering. And there are women who come and you hold them in this circle. And then in in the future, you or someone else may be in a period of forgetting. And so we're just doing that for one another. I, yeah. I feel. Oh, I love that quote so much. That's really beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think it's true that we all are connected. And, you know, when again, when you're when you're in your own little bu- bubble with all your trauma and stories, it can just feel like it's you. But then you do realize, like, I think on this side of my journey, I realize like my story is so much bigger than me. Like there is there is someone who is where is right now where I was three, four five years ago who like needs to hear my story to know that there is a way out because I remember like how low I felt and how much shame and guilt I felt and like thinking that this just must be it. And like, this just must be life. And so being on the other side of that, like not being, you know, I think healing is an an ever evolving staircase, but being on the other side of some really low feelings, I do feel like we are obligated to not necessarily share it out with the world, but maybe share with one person and like that changes them and it becomes a ripple effect. So we're definitely all connected. Yeah. What, what do you say to someone who's listening now who may be, um, where you were, you know, right at the beginning where you're kind of, you're gathering enough energy to, to say, okay, because I do think it takes a certain moment in our journey when we're like enough of this, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, so who's maybe there, like, how does someone begin? Mm. What was helpful for me in the beginning was stillness. And it was something that I really resisted because I was not used to being still. And sometimes being still is really uncomfortable because we try to distract ourselves. Like we don't want to sit with all of our, our mess. You know what I mean? And so, Ooh, that was hard for me, but that was the thing that like really spiraled and led to where I am now. So right around the time that, and it was like perfect timing from the universe looking back, but right around the time that we went into COVID quarantine due to COVID, I was feeling really called to go inward. I was at this really low point, struggling with depression. I had just had my second daughter. So I had a a two and a half, three-year-old and a newborn. And then I had quit my job in December of 2019. And I was thinking at the time I was going to take a slightly longer maternity leave. And then I would go back to work in about six months. And then COVID happened. And so I was like, oh my goodness. And then right around that same time I had at the end of 19, I had invested in a business deal with uh, a friend and, you know, COVID happened and the world shut down. So like financially, like everything was just a mess. Like everything was literally a mess. And I was super stressed and overwhelmed. And literally the only thing that I knew to do at that moment was just be still. And so I started meditating daily and just like focusing on my mind, my body and my spirit every single day. So that was like moving my body physically. That was listening to podcasts and motivational things and like reading and just, you know, focusing on that personal development piece and it was stillness. And I would say of those three things, if someone is like, where do I start? Start with being still. And that doesn't necessarily have to look like the physical act of being still because I recognize like sometimes that can be really hard for people. But even if it's like going in nature, getting out of nature, going for a walk without your phone or without the podcast or, you know, without calling a friend, like literally just holding space to be with yourself Because I think that, or I know that like the thing that we avoid the most is the very thing that we need. And it's only when we allow ourselves to reconnect and go back and like be with that part of ourselves that's hurting or that inner child, like all of those things, it's where the healing happens. And so 
that would be my advice. It might be meditation and stillness, but again, it might also be some other form of mindfulness that works for you. But if I had to say like, what was the most helpful for me, it was allowing myself to to get still. Yeah, that's so powerful. And so we resist it so much. I I use the analogy like that we're snow globes, right? And so we- even when we don't know what we're doing, we still agitate ourselves. We're in, you know, we're addicted to, um, to busyness and to, uh, to distraction. Um, and so I think I love that because it also points to this belief that I have that like, we really, our body, our mind, our heart and our soul knows the way mm-hmm. it, it just get out of <laughs> And I think that that's such great advice, um, just to, just to slow down. And I also love that you recognize that um, depending on, you know, trauma in the body and that, that sitting in stillness may not be the way that there are alternatives to stillness. Cause how many mm-hmm. times have we heard people say like, oh, I can't, I can't yeah. meditate. I can't sit. Um, so that stillness can be walking through the woods, but you're just not plugged in and you're, you're cueing to your inner world rather than receiving, mm-hmm. you know, um, from your outer world. So that's a really beautiful, that's a, Beautiful advice. Tell me about your book and when it's coming out, how people can find it. Congratulations. Thank you. So excited. It's like a, it's like, it's like as a mom, I'm like, this feels like, (laughs) you know, birthing a child. Like it's super exciting. Um, So the book is called Hold Space to Heal. And again, it focuses on really seven practices that I found to be really helpful for myself and then also clients and, you know, organizations that I work with. So I've taken all of that and just put it into a book. And for me, it's also, it's, it's a bit of nonfiction. So I talk a lot about stress and trauma and how it shows up in the body and how we carry it energetically and how these practices are helpful. But the book is also very vulnerable because I share a lot of my story so much so that as I was reading and, you know, or writing and going back and reading parts, I was literally having conversation with myself about like, or maybe I was asking my soul, it was like, are you, are we sure we want to share all of this? You know, cause it, it felt like a little bit uncomfortable. But, you know, I put it down on paper and I trusted that it, it, I said all the things that I need to say, say but it, it's very like vulnerable and transparent. And so it's it's a lot to share. Um, but I think being on the other side of it, I have also found the book writing process very healing because there's nothing more healing than freeing yourself from the story that you've held for so long. And so it feels really good to be here now. So I am actually going through the process now of like formatting it. I'm self-publishing. So formatting and, you know, getting the book cover design. And my goal is to have the book ready by the end of Q2. So end of June. And so it's going to be ready to share with the world very soon. And it feels good because I started writing this book in December of 2020. So I would say like I wrote maybe a third of it at that time. And then I needed to pause because there was more life that had to be lived. There was more like experience and wisdom that had to be gained. And so literally two years later in December of 2022, I went back to the book and I was able to add to what I had started, but from a much like wiser place, I like to think, um, because so much had happened in that time frame. And so this book has been in the works for probably my whole lifetime, but definitely the last like two and a half years. So I feel good to finally be having it for the world. How exciting it is. It's such a big job to write a book and to go through all the emotions and all the things. And so I'm really excited that you're, (laughs) that you're in that process where it's starting to all come together. And uh, Dominis, I will link your website. I'm sure there are people listening who are going to really resonate with you and want to work with you. Um, 
And I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, um, I really think it takes courage to have these insights and healing. And then it's like we're we're on a, a lifeboat or something and you turn and then you, you want to lift somebody else up. And I think that um, that's really beautiful work. And I'm grateful that you are in the world and that you're doing it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me and for seeing me. I really appreciate it. And just for creating space for for people to share their stories to help illuminate the path for someone else looking to to grow and to heal. So thank you. Thank you so much, Dominice. 